the Lord is faithful, isn't he? And he's true. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. God, help us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow you, Lord. Forgive us for our sins and transgressions. Lord, restore us unto thee, Lord God. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, we're living in the end time, Lord God. We know you're coming soon, Lord God. So help us, Lord God, to gird up the lines of our minds and to be sober and to do your will each day, Lord God. Move by thy spirit this day, Lord God. We claim victory, Lord God. Have your way. Meet us here this morning, God. Hallelujah. We know that we brought you with us, Lord God. So you'll hear, Lord God. So help us, Lord God, to worship thee in spirit and in truth, Lord God. You seek such to worship you, Lord God. Bless this day. Meet every need this present. Comfort our hearts. Strengthen our minds. And help us, Lord God, to be obedient to your voice in all things. As the word of God go forth, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church, hearts to receive and to contain and to be obedient. Thank you for victory in all things. Thank you for your deliverance, Father. In Jesus' name we pray and for the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. God is great and he is greatly to be praised. You may be seated for a few moments. I want to I want to begin by welcoming are we ready to to go forward in the sermon part right now. I want to welcome uh, the web audience to to this service today and welcome them to the opportunity to hear the word of God today. Amen. We claimed a scripture when we went on radio and uh, much more through the web itself because what made the radio a small station in a small town so effective is because the radio station was connected to the World Wide Web. And uh, our first response from that was a pastor in Africa that contacted the radio station in North Florida and wanted to know how to contact us. And they told them how to contact me personally, and we got the communication uh, to our our own home. Uh, and uh, the communication was that uh, this pastor in Africa was listening to, to our sermons and to our teaching. Let's talk about Jesus on the radio. And that they had looked at our statement of faith, and they adopted, adopted our statement of faith is their statement of faith. So in a real sense, they spiritually partnered with us uh, to just to know uh, that uh, that we were ministering to other ministers and ministries in Africa gave us great courage uh, to keep on keeping on for Jesus. Hallelujah. And we just thank and love our web minister for, for that opportunity. You that are listening to this message on the worldwide web anywhere in America anywhere in the world that you are tuned into this broadcast today we pray God will speak to you distinctly and directly and if you don't know Jesus as your Savior please you've come this far stay tuned and let's get into God's word today more importantly let's get God's word in us praise God hallelujah all right now that we've welcomed the web ministry I want to welcome Welcome you. Amen. This is a live service. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Someone heard one of our live services and they thought we had, they said we figured they actually came several hundred miles to sing for us. 
And they had listened to the tapes and they heard all the hallelujahs and the amens and, and uh, you know, the singing. And we had a kind of a, we had a bunch of instruments and, and everyone sung and shouted. And, and they said, we figured there was a church of about 800 people. You can imagine how disappointed they were when they found out there was only four or 500 of us. And you that are not seeing this don't know how really funny that is. Amen. We were always a small ministry, but we serve a big God. And we didn't let our littleness hurt our vision for what we can do for the kingdom of God today. So I'm going to preach as if there are thousands of people listening, because if God decides to send it, he will send it to who he wants to hear it today. First, right here. What is it? First, Jerusalem, and then Samaria, and then the uttermost part of the world. And we are in a technological day where the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God can go to the uttermost part of the world. That's why the Holy Spirit was given, so that we could bring a message under God's anointing. Now, I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet. I want to, I want to, I want to identify with Amos in this message today. Amos said, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. I am not in the line of prophets. But while I was keeping sheep, isn't it amazing? God uses the weak things, the things that are not the base things, the simple things to bring to naught the wisdom of the wise and the strength of the mighty. While I was keeping sheep, the spirit of the Lord came on me. You don't have to be from a line of prophets for the spirit of the Lord to come on you and a prophetic anointing for that particular message to come upon you. And he said, and the spirit of the Lord came upon me and said, go and speak thou unto Israel. Amen. What is needed now was at a pastor's, well, eating breakfast. We've been meeting for about eight years now of, of, of four pastors and myself being one of the four. And, uh, and someone came up from a large church in Plant City. And they, they have just, they've had pastor after pastor after pastor. You know, I don't know if it's a pastor killer church or what's going on, but they don't last there very long. But a man came up and he's part of the, the pastoral committee and he's a high ranking elder in that church. And he came up to our table and he looked past everybody else and looked right at me. And he said, why? Why isn't there more? Uh, we got good speakers. We always get good speakers. But why isn't there more of the power of God in the messages? And I immediately responded and said, because we have to give more space and place to the Holy Spirit. Can you say man? We can't just bring the message without the anointing because the scripture said this gospel did not come in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And the scripture said we preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Amen. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us. We're not good enough. Besides, the message is not just pointed toward the head. It is pointed toward the heart. Can you say, man? 
So he came over and put his hands on my shoulders and, and said, I thought it was something like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you today, one of the treasures we have in this ministry is that I know if I open the Bible and walk behind the pulpit, God is going to meet me. The Holy Spirit is going to help me to minister. Praise the Lord. Amen. For three years... They didn't know that I hadn't been to Bible college. In fact, one of the men at the table that is presently going uh, to Bible school uh, in Plant City, there's a place where you can get an accredited Bible class, and he's working toward whatever. And one of the guys sitting there has uh, has uh, he's uh, believes in the uh, the fullness of the Holy Ghost, but he he graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary. Amen. I thought that's pretty incredible. I'm sitting here with learned people. But one of the pastors said to me, he said, he said, why don't you uh, teach one of the classes here? I said, well, I don't think they'd let me teach a class uh, in an accredited Bible course uh, because I haven't been to Bible college. And he said, what? You haven't been to Bible college? And I said, no, it's been three years. That was three years into our eight-year time of meeting. And he said, he said, well, then you must be really called of God. And I said, yeah, I can, I can, I can, that's, that's the one thing I can claim. I can't claim much else, but I can say, amen, God called me to preach the gospel. And who he appoints, he anoints. And the anointing breaks the yoke and makes the difference. Praise God. So I'm glad for the anointing for this message. Let's get it up on the web. Get it in your heart and let's get it up on the web today. Amen. I want to talk to you about the day of the Lord for a little while. Not just the day of Jacob's trouble, the day of the Lord concerning Israel, but the day of the Lord concerning the entire world. Something you don't hear much about. Preachers are not into that. It's not trending, if you please. Too many preachers are preaching whatever is trending. Trends come and trends go, but the everlasting, eternal Word of God will abide forever. And if there is a ministry that is missing, so very clearly missing, it is the ministry of warning. The Bible said in the New Testament, warn those that are unruly among you. Warn them. Don't pet them. Don't pamper them to get an offering or to get them to come back, but warn them. The Old Testament is clear, and the Apostle Paul knew it. And let me tell you what he knew and what he said about it. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, God says, Son of man, I have set thee as a watchman over Israel. If you see the enemy coming and you fail to warn my people, the enemy will come upon them and destroy them, but their blood will I require at your hand. Every graduating minister from a Bible college sending out his resume, looking for a pulpit, needs to clearly understand the responsibility when he walks behind that pulpit. Can you say amen? God is going to, if, if, if I don't declare the whole counsel of God to you 
and you miss it. If Satan destroys you in the sense of, of your physical body because you, you haven't been warned about the things that will give place to him, your blood will be required at my hand. Nobody in a congregation can look ugly enough at me to keep me from telling you the truth and warning you. I will not be silenced because of the lack of support or response. I am called to preach. I am not called to please. And the Bible said the word of God is for rebuke and reproof. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is for rebuke and reproof. And correction and instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be fully furnished unto every good work. Praise God. So many times the word of God will rebuke our flesh. And since we're told we must crucify our flesh, then that's just helping us to do that. Reprove. Rebuke with all long suffering. You you preach, you speak the truth in love, but you speak the truth. So so God tells the watchman on the wall. It's such a critical ministry. He says, if you see the enemy coming, and you don't not you do not warn my people, their blood will I require at your hand. If you see the enemy coming and you warn my people and they don't listen, they'll be destroyed. Not because you didn't warn them, but because they didn't listen. And that moment, that watchman is absolved of all responsibility for what happens. Amen. So if you want to go to a church where you're never warned about the destructive force of sin and the deceptiveness of the enemy and the deceptiveness of your own flesh. The heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? That's why the Bible said we're to keep our heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Listen to me very carefully today. This is important. The ministry of warning should be, should be emphasized, put in parenthesis now more than ever because we're in the last day. And the Bible said that day, speaking of the Antichrist coming and the tribulation that follows, the Bible said that that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Can you say amen? There are people sitting, and and not only is there going to be a falling away, and by the way, this is not about the world. This is distinctly, directly about the church falling away. I have seen people that I never dreamed would turn their back on God and go back into the world. That's why Jesus said one sentence that should rock us and shock us. It's part of the warning. It's remember Lot's wife. 
Why the pillar of salt judgment? Why would that? Because it was a notable judgment that would be remembered generation to generation. We're in 2000 now, 2020 coming up. And the words of Jesus still resonate more than ever. Remember Lot's wife because she was delivered out of the city that was to be destroyed. But when she looked back, it meant she would have went back if she possibly could. She left the city physically, but her heart was still in it. There's a lot of people sitting in church physically this morning, but their heart is in the world. And when they walk out of, out of church, they blend with the world. And they need to be warned. Love not the world nor the things that are in the world, for the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Lay up your treasure in heaven where the thief can't steal it, the moth can't eat it, and the rust can't corrupt it. For where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is going to be. Can you say, man, you cannot... This is all warning, isn't it, from Christ. You, as a Christian, cannot, must not serve two masters. Why? Because when you try to do that, you will end up loving one and hating the other, or hating one and loving the other. You can't serve God and mammon. The first time in Scripture that material gain has been given a name and a term called mammon. And it's not about just the silver and the gold. It's about what it can do and what it does for people. One of the pastors that I sat with went to Washington, D.C., and they had an audience with others with the President of the United States. And I said, what are you praying for him? And if you get an opportunity to speak to him, what would you say to him? He said, I'm praying that he would have humility. Because riches and power promote pride in every person's flesh. There are ministers that started out humble servants of Christ. But because they became rich and powerful and influential, they lost their humility. Jesus never lost his. Though he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God, he humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant and became obedient even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God hide. See, people will exalt people. God doesn't exalt people who want to be exalted. He exalts the humble. Humble yourself under what? The mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due season. Not when you think you're ready, but when he knows you're ready. Because if he exalts you and you fall into pride, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I need all the grace that I can get from God today. Hallelujah. Listen to me. The ministry of warning. I want to bring this real quick. So how many can listen quick? Amen. I want to read from Malachi 4 and verse 1. And that's going to be our basic scripture today. Listen to it. For behold, the day is coming. 
Lord, I could stop right there and preach. Behold, the day is coming. Burning like an oven. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up. Says who? Says who? You know, Christians are even saying, says who? And the world is in their pride is saying, says who? Well, a lot of preachers aren't saying it. They're preaching as if that day is never coming. And a lot of people are living their life as if that day is never coming. But God, through Malachi, is saying to that people and this people today, the day is coming. Been a long time coming. But it's coming. Jesus been a long time coming. But He's coming. And the Bible said there would be scoffers come in the last day. Saying, where is the sign of His coming? But of this one thing they are ignorant, willingly ignorant of. That the day is a thousand years with the Lord. And a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. And the only reason He hasn't come to show them is because He doesn't will that any perish, but that all have eternal life. And that's why we're up on the web. And that's why He's called you to be a witness for Him. Because He wants to get as many people safe and secure and sealed by the Holy Spirit before before he comes and before the door of the ark is shut and the judgment falls. But friend, Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. And that message, the material message that has supplanted and replaced that message is making people worldly. They have a world view. They're looking at every scripture through the lens of the material and the physical. They don't see the spiritual and the eternal. So son of man, I've made you a watchman. We when you see that that would harm my people and you see what Satan is using to hurt my people, you warn my people. If you fail, I will require their blood at your hand. If they don't listen, you don't have any further responsibility. You know what Paul said about what Ezekiel taught? He said, I have not shunned to declare unto you, not what's trendy, not what is popular, but the whole counsel of God. Therefore, I am pure from the blood of all men. He says, if you go to hell, it won't be because I didn't warn you that there is a hell and you've got to truly know Christ to go to heaven. If the devil, if you give place to the devil, he will come. The thief came to steal, kill and destroy. He'll hurt you. He will harm you. He'll destroy you. And if I fail to warn you about that, your blood will be required at my hand. But I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. We need some ministers today with backbone, Holy Ghost backbone. We need ministers today that fear the Lord more than they fear people. I'm going to answer to God for your soul. As a pastor, I'm going to answer for you. So I'm going to warn you. You say, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, booty who? Is it the Word of God? Are you a Christian? That's the next question. Are you a Christian? That means a follower of Jesus. Are you a Christian? 
I like the song, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Can, can anyone tell you from the world when you go back out into the culture? Do you have a different standard, a moral standard? Do you have a different value system than the world? Amen? You heard the story of the two bulls standing up. They had, uh, they had their harem of cows. You know, they were just happy, go lucky couple of bulls, just regular everyday bulls. And they saw a truck pulling the trailer. In fact, it was a semi-truck tractor pulling a trailer. It was so heavy. And they saw about a two and a half ton bull with big old horns like they had never seen. And they said, Lord, have mercy. They let that the, let him out of that trailer, and he he huffed, he puffed, he snorted. His eyes were red in anger. He pawed the ground, you know. And one of that one of those bulls said, oof, oof, and he started pawing and snorting back at him. He said, "You're not going to stand up against that bull, are you?" He said, "I'm not trying to. I just want him to know I'm not a cow." You'll have to think about that a little while. Amen. My apologies to the squeamish. Can you say amen? You get that? Did you get Okay, I don't have to run it by you again. You, my wife said, no, leave that alone. Amen. <laughs> Listen, you should be distinctly different in terms of your morals in terms of your standards, in terms of your values, than the world about you. Why? Because that day, that day, that day is coming. Let me give you some comment on this. I don't know what time it is and don't really care. We've got it until 1.30. We've got a little bit of time left then. The day is coming, listen, which shall burn them up, says, the, says who? Say it with me, says who? The Lord of hosts that will leave them neither root nor branch. Discouraged. That's what's happening here. Discouraged by the apparent prosperity of the wicked and uselessness of serving God in their view. Because if you've not got the house on the hill and the car and you haven't got the prestige and the power of wealth, then what, what, what's the point of serving God? Well, because the day is coming. And because the Lord is coming, can you say man? Hallelujah. And what's going to happen on that day? It's going to, they needed to be reminded that that day is coming. They need to be warned that that day is coming and that the Lord is coming and it's going to burn like an oven. God promised a fire for his people, but the fire for his people is different from the fire. That's going to come upon the wicked. When Jesus comes, he baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, and we welcome it and embrace it. Can you say, man? Because it's the Shekinah glory that emanates from his presence, and it blesses us. Hallelujah. And the same fire that blesses us from this holy God will be the fire that destroys the wicked. We can go behind the veil. They can't even get inside the courts because the wrath of God abides upon everyone who believes not. And the day of reckoning is coming and no one will escape it. 
The sea is going to give up its dead. The earth is going to give up its dead. There's two resurrections. We're not the only one that are going to be raised from the dead. The wicked are going to be raised. Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before the Lord. The the earth gave up its dead. Everybody that's ever lived and died will stand up and be judged. We won't be there. Somebody say glory. If you don't, oh, Brother Vimble, I don't know. I just don't feel very thankful today. Well, be thankful you won't be there. Because the false prophet, the Antichrist, and the wicked dead. Not only is there a day coming when, when judgment will fall, but uh, this final judgment will fall. And everyone whose name was not frowned, written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Aren't you glad that when you got saved, amen, not just figuratively, I believe literally, just as sure as there's a pearly gate, just as sure as there's a river of life and a tree of life, there's a book of life. Can you say amen? And I believe when Robert A. Venable, that's me for you that are not here looking at me, when I got saved, my name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible said if I would remain faithful, keep my faith in the Lord, hallelujah, that he would not blot my name out of the book of life. Can you say amen? So that's a judgment I don't have to fear. I will stand at another judgment where I will give an account for the way I've lived my life, but it has nothing to do with where I'm going to spend eternity. It has to do with rewards or lack thereof. Thank God for that that judgment. We're in heaven. It's not about our soul and where we spend eternity, but in Revelation 20, it's about the soul. And I got something to be thankful for today. Amen. My name is written. How many's name you believe is written in the Lamb's book of life? Praise God. I don't know what you're going through, but God will get you through. Amen. And if you don't have anything else to be thankful for, thank God your name is written. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. And it's mine. Can you say amen? The white-robed angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. Praise God. All who do wickedly, it says, shall be a stubble. The wicked shall not be able to stand against God's judgment. Stubble is the usable, unusable part of the grain. If you threw it in a fire, it would just evaporate. And because of the severity of this judgment, that day that is coming, it said it will leave them neither root or branch. The wicked will have no hope of shooting up to life. As long as a root remains, there's hope. But hope is gone for these because the judgment of eternity is forever And it's final. There will be no second chances for anyone. The opportunity is now. And that's why we need to hear. Somebody needs to declare this beside me. 
And there are those declaring it. But a lot of them are just like me. They're in small settings and small churches. They have defied the trend of the day because they feel accountable to God to warn his people. Didn't the Bible say cry aloud? To the prophets of old. Cry aloud. Spare not. And do what? Show my people their transgressions. And the house of Jacob their sins. You see we don't want to mention that three letter word. Because we need the offering. To build our success symbol. In effect our church. I like what the bourbon street preacher said. Who preached to to win souls on the streets. Down in, in Louisiana. New Orleans, somebody went to New Orleans, they didn't like it. Because if you're not steeped in sin, you're not going to like it. You're out of your element. I went to Baton Rouge to a a, a meeting and a couple of preachers that also went out there and drove. They said, we're going to go through New Orleans and, 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 and just, you know, we've heard so much about it on our way to Baton Rouge. And I thought, what, what's, what's, what's the deal in New Orleans? Amen. Prostitution, drunkenness, people throwing up in the alleys. And, and you know, what, what's the deal with New Orleans? And after they got through, they said, they said, do you realize there were prostitutes standing in plate glass windows soliciting almost naked? And I thought, no, amen. And I don't care to look through the plate. You know, I could just see them going through New Orleans saying, just look at that. Just look at that. What is, the, what is the world coming to? Just look at that. Honey, flesh is flesh is flesh. Amen. If you don't keep it under subjection, it'll take you. Sin will take you where you didn't intend to go. It'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And if you're living in a compromised life in this room or wherever you're hearing this message, you are a very unhappy Christian. You know why? Because you're out of your element. Amen. You're trying to fit in with the culture. You're trying. You're under peer pressure and you're giving in to it. Listen, there's a day coming. There's a day coming. And it would it would be you to draw closer to God, to dig in. Amen. Hallelujah. And set yourself and say, I'm not going the way of the world because there's a day coming. There's a day coming and there's a master coming and I will stand before him and I want to be ready for his coming. Hallelujah. Let me read what they were saying to God in Malachi three thirteen through 18. Real quick. Listen quickly. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoken so much against thee? Malachi three thirteen through 18. You've said it's vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? And that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often to one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book, I told you there's a book, a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith, says who? Say it with me. Says who? Saith the Lord of hosts. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels. 
And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then you shall return. Oh, hallelujah. And discern between the righteous and the wicked. Between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. It may look like the wicked are prospering without punishment. But a day is coming. Say it with me. But a day is coming. A day of reckoning is coming. Make no mistake about it. That day is coming. Isaiah 13, 9 says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Look, look how, how absolute this judgment is in Amos 2, verse 9. It said, Yet... I destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. What did John the Baptist say? Now the axe is laid to what? The root. In other words, this destruction is final. It is absolute. There will be no other opportunity. For grace and mercy. Where's the warning? Joel 2.1 Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh. It is nigh at hand. What if the day is coming? I like Robert G. Lee. He pastored for all those years. But I believe a prophetic anointing came on a Baptist preacher. Do you believe it could happen? If he was holy and sanctified and right with God and had a backbone. Robert G. Lee won many souls to Christ. Thousands, they say. His evangelistic sermon. And I relate to him because I'm a pastor slash evangelist. And maybe that's why I warn when pastors don't see their role to give any prophetic word or any word of warning. I don't believe you can be a pastor and not warn God's people. You can be a hireling. What's a hireling do? When the wolf comes, he's not going to risk getting bit. He'll He'll let the sheep get eat up. Amen. Hireling. If it's a profession to him and somebody's holding his purse strings, he's not going to rock the boat, even though he knows that sin will destroy you. He won't preach on it. He won't teach on it. Listen carefully. Robert G. Lee won many souls to Christ. His evangelistic sermon, one sermon, he preached the entire time he was a pastor. He preached as he had opened doors as an evangelist. When he retired as a pastor, he continued for 10 years to evangelize and preach this message. You know what the message was? Payday someday. That day is coming. There's a payday for the wicked. Thank God there's a payday for the righteous. Amen. God is not unrighteous. 
oh, I, I, I take this for me and you can take it for you. When you help somebody that's part of God's kingdom, done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. If you didn't do it to them, you didn't do it to me. But if you do it to them, you've done it unto me. I am that, I am that interconnected with every one of my children. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen carefully. Robert G. Lee preached, there's a payday coming. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love in that you have ministered unto the saints and do minister. There are people that I've been there through every crisis of their life. I have missed my Christmas dinner to be in a hospital with someone because of a phone call. I missed every, and I repented to my son of this, every basketball game my son ever prayed. I was out trying to take care of somebody else, and I asked him to forgive me. He said, it's okay, Dad. I said, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it is not. In fact, I left our Christmas dinner to go to a hospital because somebody called me about someone that had swelling of the brain. And when I got to the hospital, I expected to see the person who called me about the person who didn't even attend our church. And they were home eating Christmas dinner. They sent me from our Christmas dinner. And I don't mind trying to help anybody, but I fully expected the person that sent me to show up That was a bad Christmas. I got home, everything was cold. My family was down in the dumps because our Christmas day and dinner. Somebody told us we wasn't supposed to have a TV. Bad witness, bad witness. Somebody told us if we received a love offering, we were to report it as salary so they didn't have to write our little old bitty check. They would detract. In other words, somebody would give me $10. They would take that out of my salary. Because, you know, it's kind of, Lord, you keep him humble, we'll keep him poor. And I don't live in opulence. I never have. I'm not interested in it. But I found out that whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And not unto men. For you shall be rewarded of the Lord Christ. Because God isn't like people. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. In that you've met. Oh, I'm looking for crown for this thing glory to god amen hallelujah when you see me in heaven no i won't be wearing the crown i'm sorry i i'll take a i'll i'll, I'll take a picture of it and put it on instagram amen send send it back to you no i hope you're there amen wow look at my crown <laughs> no everybody with the crown in heaven is doing something with it Amen. They're casting it at the feet of Jesus according to the book of Revelation. But God will reward me. And before I get to heaven, He's given me health. He's given me peace that passes understanding. He's given me joy unspeakable and full of glory. And Trump don't even have that. He's probably got an ulcer in the making right now. Can you say amen? I've never seen... Talk about people hating on you. Uh, he's... And he, he did it to himself. But anyway, moving right along. The tongue is a 
unruly evil, <laughs> full of poison, set on fire of hell. If you don't read, if you don't believe it, read Trump's tweets. I do not back up on that. I'm gonna double down on that. Lord, how much the man ought to shut up? They're killing him with his own words. Humility. Shake him. Shape him. He stands in the Oval Office not, not seeing himself as a billionaire with power and pomp and pride. See himself as someone who will answer to God for the way he directs this nation. Let him tremble. Because a day is coming. A day is coming. In all, Robert G. Lee preached payday someday. I've never read or heard the message, but you can hear it. I think he died in the 60s, born in the 18, late 1800s. Huh. He preached that message 1,275 times. He gave a warning, didn't he? I said he gave a warning. That's the missing message. This close to that day that is hastening greatly. That's the missing message. You don't get your feathers ruffled when you go to church. You get stroked every time you walk in the building. So you don't crucify the flesh. And if you don't, you can't take, you'll never take up your cross. And if you don't take up your cross, you can never follow Jesus. You can put the bumper stickers on your car, put the pins on your lapel, but you can't follow him until you deny yourself. And you're not going to deny yourself until he means more to you than your fleshly sins and fleshly pleasures and the people that you would rather impress than your God. But when you look at those people and when you hang with them and when you compromise your standard, know that a day is coming. And they need you to represent a different kingdom. They need you to show them the way. They need you to be true to your God so that they know he's worth serving. Can you say amen? He preached 1,275 times this particular message. In churches and tent revivals at home and abroad. In baseball parks and football stadiums. Before legislatures and celebrities, thousands of persons have professed faith in Christ after hearing payday someday. Why, why don't we hear anything near that kind of message? The coming of the Lord will be a blessing to the believer, but it will be a curse to the wicked. Can you say amen to that? 1 Corinthians 16, 22, If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. Let him be, there's no comma, there's no period, there's no breaking the thought. These two are married together. When Christ comes, the world will mourn because of him. When Christ comes to rule and reign, the Christian will shout for joy. Maranatha literally means the Lord cometh. He's coming. He's coming to redeem 
the redeemed. Hallelujah. He's coming to take us with him in the secret coming. He's, we're coming back with him when he comes to stand and declare himself as King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming to judge the wicked. The Bible said when John saw him, his eyes were a flame of fire. It means justifiable wrath. There was also a message preached back in the day when people feared the Lord more than they loved their sin. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. Sinners don't even know what is waiting for them. So they don't even care. How can God convict them if no one warns them? There are preachers with a church full of people and a coffer full of money. but They're going to answer to him on that day. I would rather be me uncompromised than have that big crowd on Sunday and not know who knows Jesus and who don't and who's ready to meet him and who don't. Amen? Amen. Anathema is the strongest word in the Greek language for God's wrath, God's judgment. Maranatha is the great word, the Lord cometh. And it was kind of brought into our vocabulary to say, even so come. When we hear the Lord cometh, we ought to have a even so come. We ought to be so ready, so watching, that we say, come on, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. When I put a greeting on our website, I started out with Maranatha. But Maranatha is the word that we can embrace. But when he comes, there's also anathema. Paul puts both words together. No comma, no period. Immediately after the rapture, the great tribulation will be ushered in. Because he that letteth, when he's taken out of the way, the Antichrist will be revealed. And the first three and a half years, it'll be a utopia. Even Israel will be deceived. Amen. Until he goes in the temple, declares himself to be God. Amen. First three and a half years, the wars will cease. First three and a half years, there'll be prosperity. There will be, and the false prophet and the world church will give their allegiance to him because religion, when you get everybody under the umbrella of it, is a powerful unifying force. And the devil will use dead, godless, Christless, compromised religion in order to help bring the Antichrist into power. Oh, by the way, when he gets in power, he's going to hate even the thought of God, even if it's misrepresented and misinterpreted. And he will turn on them that helped him get in power once he's in power. The last three and a half years of the tribulation, that's when the seals are open, the trumpets are blown, the bowl, the bowl judgments are poured out that day shall burn as an oven. And that day hasteneth greatly according to the word of God. And where is the warning? 
And why are God's people running to churches and following ministries that do not warn them? I demand that you warn me. I don't have a dollar to give anybody who doesn't sound the alarm. Because if that preacher is not alarmed about where we are prophetically, I'll tell you what he is. Can I tell you from the word of God what he is or she is? God called those prophets that failed to warn blind dogs which cannot bark, laying down, loving to slumber. Greedy. Oh, oh, thank you, Brother Taylor. Blind dogs, greedy dogs. They'll wake up highly on alert with some scheme to get that offering in because they're greedy, materialistic, earthbound. No word from the Lord in their mouth. Only scriptures that help them achieve their end, and their end is material. One man asked for $64 million for his fifth airplane from his constituents. They lambasted him. They love it on CNN and CBS. You know what he said in defense? They wouldn't even be talking about God if it wasn't for what I just said. He thought it was a badge of honor. And the reason he did it, you know what he said? Are you ready for this? Hey, it's on television. I'm not letting the cat out of the bag. The cat's running all over the place. Amen? Cat was never in the bag. I can't let the cat out. But he said, he said, I had four planes. And the Lord said, I want you to come up higher. Somebody said, whatever back there. Thank you. Whatever. The Lord wants you to come up higher. And the way you go up higher, in spite of having more than you'll ever use, is get more. Higher means that you have a $64 million plane on top of all the rest of your personal planes. He said, because it's all for the Lord's work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You couldn't ride coach and do the Lord's work. You couldn't ride first class and do the Lord's work. He said, sometimes I pray about the meeting. I couldn't stand up in an airliner with everybody else and say, Lord, and praise him and walk up and down the aisle. I need my own plane for that. But not just any plane. Not just a corporate jet that the CEO rides. I need a $64 million one that is brand spanking new. So give me so I can get it. So I can go up higher. He said, God told him, and God told him, the God of this Bible. Yeah, yeah. It's like Obama said after Trump went in, how do you like me now? I know it's funny, Mike. And I'm glad a Republican got in and a conservative got in. But Lord, we need to pray for that man. Can you say amen? So he's asking for $64 million, and guess who's sending the money in? Guess who's sending the money in? Guess who's sending the money in? People who, I think I said it last week. I know I said it at the pastor's table. If they walk through, if those people 
I know they're Christian. I know they've come to Christ, but they don't know their Bible and they sure don't know their God. Can you say amen? Listen to me carefully. If they walk through a herd of a thousand brain-eating zombies, they would have nothing to fear. You understand what I just said? You have to check your brain at the door, lay your Bible down. You have to. Oh, you're saying that because you're jealous. I don't want no $64,000 plane. (laughs) Where are we going to go? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. I can ride first class. Well, Roberts used to ride first class. People used to be glad to see him. One man was scared to death of flying when old Roberts got on. Amen. He said, I'm so glad to see you, Brother Roberts. I'm so glad to see you. I'm so happy. He said, you'd like to have shook my arm off my body. Amen. <laughs> he figured if Oral's on here, the plane ain't going down. Can you say amen? He must not have read Acts 27. Where the, where the ship sunk with the Apostle Paul on it. <laughs> and, and they had to swim to shore, some on boards and some on planks. Somebody said, if you can't get a board, get a plank. Can you say amen? But they all got safely. Oh, you get snake bit too if you follow Paul around. Oh, you get put in jail if you follow him. Oh, you get put in prison. Oh, you get beat up at 39 stripes. Oh, you get stoned and left for dead. Oh, 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 if he only had listened to that preacher... He wouldn't have had to go through all that. What an idiot he was. No, what a servant of God he was. What a saint he was. What a representation of a different kingdom he was. Who in time to lay down his life said, I'm ready to be offered up. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. (laughs) I've finished my course. Surely there's a crown laid up for me. And not for me only, but everyone that loves his appearing. Because he's coming. Oh, oh! I feel the anointing of God here today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Listen, I'm hurrying to a close. Second Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. See, they were troubled about seeing the wicked prosper. And they were wondering about all of this. Second Thessalonians, New Testament 1, 7 through 9. And you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Listen, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. When has Jesus been framed that way lately? That he is coming not just to take us home, but to judge the world. When is this... Eyes a flame of fire more than x-ray vision looking straight into your heart when it is the eyes of an angry God who said you've trodden underfoot the blood of the everlasting covenant and I've come now. The day is here and it'll burn like the oven. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Just like it said in the Old Testament, not only just the top and the fruit, but even the root, so it will never rise again. The wicked will become ashes. 
under your feet, the Bible said. Jesus is coming to save. In the second coming, He comes to judge those who have rejected His offer of salvation. Revelation 6, 12-17, listen. And I beheld when He had opened the sixth seal... And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. In other words, when the figs are green and you can't hardly pull them off, something's coming that's going to shake them off. Amen? And the heaven departed as a scroll, as it's rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman and free man hid themselves in dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, hide us, From the face of him that sits upon the throne. Why? Because his eyes are as a flame of fire. And from, and this sounds like a contradiction in terms, but Jesus is coming to judge the wicked, not just to save the righteous. And from the wrath of the Lamb. They spit on him. They lied on him. They said he did everything he did by the devil's power. They scourged him. They beat him. They cursed him. They hurt him. And they impaled him on a cross. He came into Jerusalem riding on the foal of an ass on a donkey. But he's coming back on a white horse. And there's a name on his thigh written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Can you say, man, hallelujah. And they will never hurt or harm him again, and they won't hurt or harm us either. Can you say, man, why? Because a day, a day is coming. A day is coming. Is this in your Bible? Listen, why don't we hear it? Because it's not trending. As one pastor said about a preacher that's preaching straight from the Word of God, he said, oh, oh, we would have him come and preach for us, but he's not sexy enough for our congregation. We're not talking about sensuality. We're talking about he doesn't fit the trendy group that we minister to. Amen. We need to get rid of the trends and we need to get back to the word of eternal God. We need someone that will lift up their voice as a trumpet and spare not. You say, Brother Bimble, they'll all leave. Then I'm pure. When I stand before God, I'm pure. There are some people left because they don't want responsibility. Others have left because they don't want accountability. They're sinning. They're backsliding. They don't want anyone to confront them about that. And they know if one of the great compliments we were paid as a ministry was a young lady who used to be dedicated, who used to love God, sing and play for God. And she said, Brother Venable, I would come to your church more. But every time I come, I'm convicted. What a terrible thing to say about where you're living. What a wonderful thing to say about this ministry. 
So if you find a church that you can live in sin and be comfortable in, somebody's helping you to be destroyed. I love the music. I love the fellowship. My son, alcoholism was his downfall. I hate, I hate alcohol. Bush Gardens ain't got nothing I want. Well, it's not. Go to Bush Gardens. I've been to Bush Gardens. I'm saying alcohol. I hate it because I've seen the destructive power of it in my family and hundreds of other families. I just drink a little wine socially. Well, just, you know, somebody's going to see you do that. They're going to drink the same glass of wine, and they're going to get hooked and have their life ruined. So drink Pepsi, iced tea, lemonade. You're a Christian. Act like one. Somebody handed handed Billy Graham a glass of champagne at some event. He immediately handed it back before they could snap his picture because he wanted to be an example to the flock, not just a preacher. Can you say amen? We turned our glasses upside down at my, do- my, my granddaughter's wedding. There was a couple sitting there that one of the people had a real problem with alcohol. And they were glad to be at a table where we didn't encourage someone that had a problem with alcohol to drink. Hallelujah. Almost destroyed physically, socially, maritally. <laughs> Revelation 6, sometimes I do that out in the store just to get a blessing. I don't even have a cold. I just feel I need to be blessed, and I'll go, ah! And somebody say, bless you! And I say, thank you, I needed that. Oh, you've got a pastor that loves God and serves God. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't need it, amen, at the yacht club. I don't need to be a member of the golf club. Can you say, man, my name's in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. When the white throne judgment occurs, I will not be there. Can you say, man, hallelujah. All those whose names were not written are going to be there. But all those whose names are written are safe and secure. And when I beheld, he opened the sixth seal. Great. The Bible said in verse 14 of Revelation 6, the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. Every mountain, island were moved out of their places. All the kings of the earth. What, what did they say? What are they saying in verse 16? And he said to the mountains and rocks that they're hiding in, fall on us. Hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day, it's coming. Say it with me, it's coming. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? I'm going to answer that rhetorical question. No one that is not washed in the blood of Jesus will be able to stand in that day. But everyone who's washed in the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, will be safe and secure in the presence of the Lord. Because before that day, a secret coming, before the second coming, a secret coming is going to occur. And it's called the Catching away. It's called the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, we're getting to the good news. I'm so glad we're getting to the good news. Praise God. Hallelujah. Second Peter 3, 10 and 11. But the day of the Lord will come as a, listen to this, a thief 
in the night. Second Peter 3, 10 and 11. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. We're not talking about Jesus coming here as a thief in the night. We're talking about the day of the Lord coming. You see, it's coming and no one believes it's coming. And few preachers are even preaching that it's coming. But it will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away. Did we just read that? With great noise rolled up as a scroll in Revelation. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works that are therein shall be burned up. A day's coming that shall what? Burn as an oven. Do you see it? Seeing then. We're supposed to be in the know, church. That all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? If you really believe this, it ought to make a difference in the way you live. It makes a difference in the way I live. Can you say amen? It makes a difference in where I go. What I see. What I listen to. It makes a difference because the day is coming. And the Lord is coming. Maranatha and anathema are always linked together. Christ coming to save the righteous and to judge the wicked. Matthew twenty four forty two through 45. Watch therefore, for you, not, you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, that day is going to come as what? A thief. In the night. He would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in an hour you think not the Son of Man cometh. Listen to the warning from Jesus himself again. In Luke 21, 34 through 36. And take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged, overburdened, weighed down is what that means. With surfeiting, drunkenness, the cares of this life. So that that day come on you unawares. For as a snare, a trap, it shall come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape. These things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Can you say amen? That's why I believe in the rapture. Because we're not appointed to wrath. Hallelujah. That you might what endure these things? No, that you might escape these things. God is on record in the old covenant. The God who changes not. And he said, I will not judge the righteous with the wicked. As it was in the days of Noah. Get in that ark, man. God's going to slam that door and seal it. Can you say amen? As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be. You better get out of that city. Amen. The angel told him, hurry up. Quit messing around. Hallelujah. I can't do anything until you're gone. I've sit here to bring judgment, but I can't bring it until you're gone. I've got to get you out before it can fall. Can you say amen? That's why God is calling his people come out from among them. Can you say amen and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things. And I'll receive you and you'll be my 
sons and my daughters, and I'll be a father to you. Having, beloved, these promises, these precious promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. If you've got a problem with holiness, you've got a problem with wholeness. Because you'll never be whole in Christ until you want to live for Him. Amen? I think God's going to send this around the world. Because Robert G. Lee is no longer with us, but Robert A. Venable is. Hallelujah. Last scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through 11. But you, brethren, are not in darkness... 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through 11. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. See, it's going to come as a thief and a snare. But you're not like the world. You know it's coming. You are all the sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. It's time the church got serious about this. Can you say, man, this is a serious issue. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. Go to Ebo City at 2 o'clock in the morning. You'll find them stumbling out of every bar and dive. Listen, but let us who are of the day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just like you're doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Look at him again and say, you're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad? Aren't you happy? Aren't you holy? Don't you want to live for Jesus more than you've ever wanted to live for Christ? Will you stand to your feet? It's time to go. It's past time. But this message is going on the web, and I believe somebody's going to get saved. And I believe somebody else is going to get sanctified. I believe somebody's going to come out from among the wicked and be counted with the righteous, no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. Because, honey, it's going to be worth it on that day. On that day. On that day. Hallelujah. 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 For you. You have said amen to this truth. You have said amen to this truth, but what are you going to do?
going to change in light of this truth. Is there nothing? Is there nothing, saith the Lord? Have you not been reproved? Is your flesh not been rebuked? When are you going to put it on the cross so you can truly follow me? When is your sin going to be confessed? Where shall repentance occur so that I can keep you from the hour of temptation that is coming to try all the inhabitants of the earth? Is it not written? And have you not heard? Run to me. You don't have to ask for a rock to fall on you. You don't have to hide in a cave. Run to me for your life is hid in Christ in God. And I will keep you like I have promised, saith the Lord. When the flame of the first love goes out, Let's get in here. Let's get out of here. Let's go right back to our pattern. Right back to our same old routine. Let's live our life in light of all of this. As if he wasn't coming and that day is not approaching. No. Let's draw near. Let's get close. Mike said it well. There are many people that need help bad, but if they're not willing to help themselves, nobody, including God, can help them. There are many people that need deliverance, but if they're not willing to seek to be delivered, God is not going to override their passion to continue in their sin to set them free no matter how many people intercede and pray. What they need is a confrontation with the living God where they're willing to turn their back on that sin and their face to Him, to turn from darkness to light. God told Paul, turn them. That's why the great revivalist said, bend us, bend us, bend us, oh God. Because there's so many of us that's not willing to bow. Amen. What did you come out to see today? John the Baptist said, a reed shaken by the wind, going with the flow. No. Oh, I'm here to represent a great king and a mighty God. And what was he doing? Come down to this river. Amen. And let me baptize you un to repentance. Make the crooked path straight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
And to those that came with insincere hearts that sit in churches all over the place. When they came down to criticize him because they couldn't control him. Amen. Religious leaders came to criticize him because they couldn't control him. And he knew they were unconvicted and unconvinced of their need. Who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? They were not concerned about the wrath to come. They were concerned about religious control and power. And that's why we got pastors that don't warn. Because if they do, they're fired. If they do, the people won't give to their project. Amen. Uh, They won't. They won't. How do you know they won't? Because they don't. But they'll give to someone to get a fifth $64 million plane to go higher with God. But they won't give to the truth. But I'm going to tell you something. Times, they are a-changing. Because this nation, this nation right now, without a revival, what happened at the Twin Towers was a precursor. It was a harbinger of things to come. It says the covering that you once had as a Christian, we're denying all of Christianity now in Christian nation. The covering you once had, there's a hole in it where the enemy can come through. Can you say amen? And you know what happened right after? Churches filled up because we didn't know what else may be coming. But as soon as we felt secure again, people went right back to their old patterns, their old sins, unrepentant, full of pride and arrogance, shaking their fist at heaven and saying, we will not have this man, Jesus, rule over us. Well, honey, he's going to rule over the world with a rod of iron when he comes. But you don't have to use it on us. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to bow. How about it? All right. Will you stand one more time? We are going to dismiss. The dismissal is occurring. Thank God for this message. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, quit running from him. I beseech you in his stead as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Don't run from him. Don't run from him. Run to him. He will welcome you. Repent of your sin. Fall at the foot of his cross. Cry out to him. He will abundantly pardon. Forgive your sin. Seal you with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Write your name in the Lamb's book of life and consider you from that moment, even though you're still here upon the earth, a citizen of heaven in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.